Hey everyone, do you want to get inspired? I want to get inspired. Let's everybody just get inspired. Miracle Mondays. Hey everybody, I really hope that you enjoyed our new intro. Um, I thought it was pretty fucking original. How about you there, Derek? Can't get much more original and unique than that. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I took the inspiration from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I wanted something weird and whatever, like when he talks to everybody. So, hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did doing it. So, anyway. So, second episode of Miracle Mondays. Um, like I said before, I just want to go a whole different route. I want to do something different. Something that sends positivity out to everybody. Uh, the story that I picked for you guys is about a guy named, I'm going to probably butcher it and I apologize, it's either Jean or Jean-Pierre and then Bely, Bely, I don't know how to say that, B-E-L-Y. Jean-Pierre Bely. Jean-Pierre Bely, that is his name, yes, okay, anyway. Um, so though the story is about this guy, I think the real story is actually about the location um, you'll understand a little bit more once I get into it. Um, so I just can call him JP, uh, for the sake of the story, because it's easier than pronouncing his name a thousand times over again. So JP, he is a Frenchman. He's 51 years old. Um, he's been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Um, so he's had this for some time and, uh, I don't know if you know anything about this, but multiple, multiple sclerosis, MS, um, it's an autoimmune disorder in which the immune system, uh, eats away the protective covering of the, of all your nerves. So like the sheath, the protective covering of your nerves have like the sheath over it and it eats away at that causing eventual like nerve damage to different parts of your body, um, and your central nervous system. Um, it can cause like a lot of symptoms from migraines, weaknesses in limbs, um, fatigue, um, double vision, loss of vision, uh, impaired coordination, and really the severity depends on the person. So some people just get like flare ups of it at times based on, I, I don't know if it's environmental or if it's, um, uh, diet related. Um, I, I honestly don't even think that doctors really know quite a lot about this, uh, yet or, like how or why people get it. I do know that with MRIs, they can like see lesions on the brain and that's typically, uh, those lesions and symptoms will, um, they'll kind of, that's how they diagnose it typically. So he's 51 years old. He gets diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at, at this time. Um, he's wheelchair bound. So he's unable to walk at this point and he decides that he's going to go and travel to Lourdes, or Lourdes, is that Lourdes? Lourdes. Lourdes, France. He was going there because he was seeking healing. And uh, this, like, Roman Catholic church has a shrine that was built in 1876 called, um, like, the Marian Shrine of Our Lady. Um, I will post pictures of that on the Instagram. It's actually a pretty beautiful area and it's kind of like set back and built into almost, it almost looks like a cave kind of, or like a stone, I don't know, like a stone bluff kind of thing. Um, so he's going to go travel there because he's heard these, you know, healing 
um, rumors over time as well. So he he's going to take his chance and he's going to travel there and um, join in the what they call the Sacrament of the Sick. So October 1987, he went to a service there and the bishop performed the Sacrament of the Sick. This was October 8th, if I didn't say that. Um, so the night after, October 9th, 1987, JP was quote-unquote cured. Um, according to the book, Near-Death Experiences Examined, Medical Findings and Treatments, uh, JP said, as the priest was giving me uh, unction of the forehead and hands, I had the impression that everything was turning around me. In a fraction of a second, I lost all sense of time and space. God was coming to cure my heart. I was invaded by a powerful feeling of liberation and peace that I had never experienced before. Um, he later began to feel a tingling sensation in his legs and took his very first steps that were unaided for the first time, um, just days after that, all on his own with no assistance or anything. Um, how long had he not been walking? Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a hundred percent sure like how long it had been. Um, like, I don't know if this was like his breaking point, like, you know, it had progressed to the point where he couldn't walk anymore and he was like, all right, now we need to go. Or if it had been some time and he heard about this place. Um, but, so I'm not entirely sure, like, how long he had been wheelchair-bound at this time. But, JP was later examined and studied for the next 12 years, um, because doctors couldn't explain it. Um, so, like I said, you know, kind of how they diagnosed his lesions on the brain, and, and as, in conjunction with, like, symptoms and stuff. So, doctors could, couldn't find, uh like the, his massive lesions on his brain anymore. Hmm. Um, they found traces of it still, um, but nothing near as severe as what he had shown in previous scans. And obviously his, um, his symptoms were like basically gone at this point as well. Um, he was officially labeled the 66th miracle of Lord's France um, and the shrine of, uh, by the Vatican in 2002, it was literally declared a miracle, hmm. um, in 2002 by the Vatican because okay. no doctors could, you know, as far as medical and scientific research goes, could not explain a reason for his being cured. Um, so I thought that was pretty, pretty fascinating thing to, to have happen. Um, but like I said, the, I think the thing that's more interesting here besides his story, which is remarkable, is this place. Um, just just the, the thought that, you know, if, it, if that really is the case, if that's really true, that that place can cure you, like, uh, how, why, you know, what, you know, and, and the way he described some of that, if any of you guys listened to the very first episode of Miracle Mondays, I could talk about, like, a similar... Um, experience feeling um, of just power and strength and like um, I don't even know how to explain it just like opening up and receiving like things were just being accepted and I don't know just good and wholesomeness like like God was trying to say like it's okay this is exactly what's supposed to happen and don't fear like I know this is a scary situation but you don't need to be fearful like I don't because I, I can't explain the feeling that I had and that kind of the way he um, explains it, that he lost all sense of time and space and God was coming to cure my heart. That's kind of like how I felt during my experience as well, you know? Um, 
But just to think that there might be an actual place out there where you could go just to heal your ailments, you know, like that has nothing to do with doctors. It's just a place you visit and, you know, whatnot. I just thought that was pretty amazing. But some of the other miracles that have been cured uh, at this um, Shrine of Our Lady uh, include paralysis. So that's been healed. Um, hand paralysis, blindness, typhoid fever, um, consumption, which is also known as tuberculosis or TB. The very first miracle that happened there happened on February 11th, 1858 by a 14-year-old Bernadette I'm gonna, I don't know how to say this name. Subaros? Subaros? Um, 7,000 people have asked to have their case... Con- ca- ca- 7,000 people have asked to have their cases confirmed as miracles, too. So that's telling me that se- at least 7,000 people have gone there, feel they have had a miracle in their life and have been cured in some way, and are now seeking to have the Vatican confirm it as a miracle as well. But so far to this day... Um, actually, I think as of today's date, I thought I read that there was 70, um, confirmed miracles there. And this Jean-Pierre, uh, Belay or however you say it, um, was confirmed the 66th, which is, I don't know, pretty interesting, I guess. Hmm. So what are your thoughts? Uh, what you're describing there, that's been described by hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of, uh, near-death experience um, it's almost the same exact thing over and over. Uh, extremely powerful feeling of like pure love, uh, white light, energy. Um, energy, yeah. Like every I mean... like everything is gonna be okay, and and it's pointless to have any fear because there is only positive, um, like energy out there waiting for everyone. And that, uh, yeah, it, so that's been but, described I mean, by many, many, many hundreds of yeah, people. Yeah, but you're, you're saying near-death experience. This guy wasn't having a near-death experience, and nor was I. Well, I shouldn't say I wasn't, but, I mean, I was in ICU and whatever, but I wasn't, Yeah. you know, we essentially the doctors didn't know what was going to happen when I woke up and whatever, which I luckily was fine or whatever but it was still very scary and you know whatnot but i had the feeling but it not this guy nor i were at a near-death experience point you know um but yeah i i guess i have read about some people also feeling that way with near-death experiences but they seem to more see things as well you know not just feel things they like have seen things and like out-of-body experience type things as well you know which this same exact thing you're describing too um, has also been uh, witnessed and experienced by lots of people who um, have ex- uh, experimented with DMT and, and LSD uh, and not really LSD mostly DMT, mm. which is the like the spirit molecule um, that's made out of ayahuasca down in South America or Mexico or oh, whatever. Okay. Yep. Uh, which people now are. Um, going down to Mexico and other places in South America purely to uh, use that form of ayahuasca or DMT to cure opioid addiction, to cure all kinds of other issues. And uh, there's quite a few studies that are happening right now Mm -hmm. of that going on. And um, 
almost almost every single um uh experience is similar to that of a light energy and pure love basically yeah i I mean i mean that literally is exactly what i felt and that's kind of what i feel and i'm grasping from jp's experience too because it's unexplainable and i've never felt a feeling like that like maybe some women can kind of relate to this like when you if if you're a mom and like when you gave birth to your child and it was just like this overwhelming like warm glow of instant love like you know a lot of times when you're pregnant you have all these fears and thoughts and wonders like am i going to be a good mom and how am i going to love this other person and you know just all these things you know and then like the second they're born I assume other moms are like this, at least a lot of the ones that I've talked to are, it's like, it just instantly hits you in this weird way. It's for me, the experience I had when I was in the ICU and what I think this guy is talking about is kind of similar, but like a thousand times more intense. Like, and I didn't think there could be a feeling ever more intense than the love that I had for my kids. It was really powerful, really intense, but just like this overwhelming I don't know. It was literally like my chest just opened up and was warm and I just felt love and happiness and all my fear just went away. I don't know how to explain it. It was just a huge, like, explosion of amazing, every, every happy feeling you could ever feel all at once kind of thing being absorbed. And it was just awesome. And and so kind of like when I was reading him within that quote that he said, it just that's what it reminded me of, you know, and, and it brought me back to that moment and how I felt. And I thought that was pretty amazing. I think personally that, uh, those types of experiences are stemming from some sort of spiritual or, uh, epiphany that has happened that has caused you to suddenly transform from your old way of thinking to the positive way of thinking that has caused you to move out of that uh, state and go into a new state. Um, I think, you know, lots of times when that happens, I think it's stemming from that. I'm not saying that I disagree. I think you're onto something, but I think I personally believe that that was literally God speaking to me and helping me change my thought process because, I mean, I was at probably my lowest point then. I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen and, you know, I was very scared. I mean, it was pretty hard to wake up with tubes sticking out of like literally every vein and artery I had and hearing that surgery didn't go well and, you know, that they didn't get it all and they weren't going to do the other part of surgery and whatever. Like, I just was very scared and desperate for an answer. And I just, I asked for one and I got one. Um, so I'm not saying you're wrong or that I disagree. I just think that it is tweaked a little bit. I believe that the spiritual uh, moment happened for me. And then that helped me to change the way I think because I, I mean, I literally can't explain to, it's like anything else. You can't explain certain things to people who haven't experienced them themselves and for them to understand. But 
it, it, it like it just clicked with me and it, now it makes sense. So now like anytime I get anxious or worry, like I remember that moment and how that felt and how powerful that was. And I'm like, well, I mean, say the worst did happen and I did die at, you know, now after the fact, like if that's the feeling that I'm going to feel afterwards, then I'm all for it, man. I mean, that was like the most like euphoric and happy and loved and just amazing feeling I've ever felt in my whole life, you know? So, I don't know. It's, I think, something to not fear. But if so many people have traveled there and all are having kind of the same, you know, enlightenment or uh, I don't know what you want to call that, spiritual awakening and are, are feeling cured of whatever their ailment may be. Um, why? What, what, what is it about this place or about this statue? You well, know, that... there's definitely something to be said about the Catholic Church and the Vatican and all that because mm -hmm. uh, um, there's no doubt that the people who are in charge, like the Pope and the Papal Council or whatever, mm -hmm. um, they definitely know a lot of stuff that the average person doesn't know like that's why all the vatican and all these shrines and places are where they are it's not a coincidence that they're in those locations mm -hmm. you know they like uh washington dc the vatican or the holy city and london are all um not only are they in a, their certain spot but they're um they're supposedly because they're the perfect alignment with uh the constellations and the earth to align um energetically for the purposes of whatever they're trying to do mm -hmm. whether it be good or bad um so that's why like washington dc and the vatican and london uh, if you look at a map it's all laid out according to ley lines and uh the uh, astrological symbols or uh, constellations and all that mm -hmm. for energetic purposes uh, to manifest their mm -hmm. whatever you know so this thing you're talking about the the shrine of our lady the shrine mm -hmm. of our lady could be on one of those natural points on the earth that just ha naturally has all that energy aligned with it you know that, that's why like the pyramids and all those right different mounds and all that where where they are they didn't they're not just there they're purposely in the right spot according to constellations for the purposes of manifesting power or energy or whatever well speaking of energy this is just a side note it has nothing to do with the story whatsoever but um i was looking into um those himalayan salt lamps or whatever because people are saying you know like that's supposed i've read about people at least thinking um, that they've been cured of ailments because of these Himalayan salt lamps. And I actually just ordered one. Um, but speaking of the energy and all that stuff that you were talking about, um, it actually said in the description of this Himalayan salt lamp thing that um, it actually increases the Schumann resonances that we've been... So Derek and I have been um, kind of like looking into that a little bit more, um, like the Schumann resonance, resonances of the earth. Um, and it's supposed to be like energy levels that the earth emits essentially 
something to do with like the awakening of people. So like people who are um, having these experiences like the one that I had and like having a higher thought process and a thought power, if that makes sense. Um, Achieving a higher state of consciousness. Right. That's what I mean. Um, so basically, Schumann res resonances have something to do with the Earth and the Earth's energy waves. and um, But apparently, like people can help raise that um, Schumann resonances, which is kind of like a, it sounds like a measuring um, aspect of some, some nature of energy. Yeah, it's like some measuring yeah, device. Yeah, it's basically I don't like a magnetic it. field or right. uh, a the ionosphere of the Earth. Um, it's always fluctuating based on uh, the magnetic field and the energy of the earth at a certain location and a certain time. Right. But anyway, so the Himalayan salt lamps is supposed to help raise that. But also, um, I guess my point was that people who have these experiences and these awakenings and start having a higher state of consciousness, um, can help raise the earth Schumann resonances. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So that's my little side note it has, like I said, nothing to do with the story. I just thought it was interesting talking about the energy and whatever, and those salt lamps too, because people have talked about, um, having symptoms be better or, um, having cures because of these Himalayan salt lamps as well. Well, so, also that probably plays into this, the whole concept of like, uh, achieving enlightenment, mm -hmm. like the Dalai Lama or, uh, Buddhism, mm -hmm. you know, that's the whole point of Buddhism eventually to achieve an enlightenment to go basically into the next dimension consciously because mm -hmm. uh, that's where we're all headed anyway. So, you know, like the Buddha and whoever, the Dalai Lama, other people mm -hmm. throughout history uh, achieved it while on earth and still in this current form, a uh, human form prior to dying. You know, which uh, most people, according to that, at least, uh, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it takes like 20 lifetimes prior to achieving that state of consciousness. But, you know, that's why the Beatles went to India and so many other place people went to India, especially in the 60s with the whole New Age movement and all that, mm -hmm. is to raise their consciousness to transcend everything that's humanly and uh, a low frequency to go to a higher frequency higher frequency to achieve the the higher the next level of consciousness mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. well that's the thing like you know there's power in believing believing certain things you know what i mean and yeah. that that actually emits its own energy and frequency as well like positive thinking versus negative thinking there's literally frequencies for that that can be measured yeah um so i have to wonder like these people that are going there are they going there because they put so much belief into that that it's causing them to change a frequency or something in their brain where they cure themselves or is it literally miracles like you know because like you said because of the location is it because you know there's a power and an energy coming down to help them Besides their own, you know, to be a little of the both, probably mm -hmm. would be my guess, but mm -hmm. who knows? But I would guess it would probably be a little bit of both because mm -hmm. you know, 
I would say most people think that they're getting closer to knowing more every day. You need to keep progressing in life to learn as much as you possibly can so that you can help as many people as you possibly can by knowing and having the uh, correct amount of skills and knowledge and knowledge mm-hmm. to help other people to you know but that's the thing i think people get so caught up in daily life that they forget what their purpose is here and the purpose of life is is that it's to keep learning and to literally help your fellow man like you know and do good deeds and whatever that's what i was trying to say that some people don't even know that even the, be- the oh, beginning okay. you know like for me personally i always knew ever since i was a kid that this current way of life isn't right. Ever since I've been a little kid, I've known that going to school, working at a job. Right. Well, that's. I've always known that that's, that's wrong. That's how I was too. Like, it was the same way. I always questioned everything because I was like, well, why? I just, you know, this is what makes me feel good. This is how I want to live. Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to go to college? Why do I have to have this job? Why can't I just live you know on the earth and whatever you know I didn't understand all that and I still don't like even with jobs where I don't feel I have purpose I I literally can't work them I get so uh depressed working jobs where I I don't feel that I have real purpose where I don't feel I'm really helping anyone and that's why I've always worked in the medical field I think I've had like two jobs or something where they haven't been medical field related and I can't stand them. I literally lose my mind because nothing, not that there's anything wrong with those jobs. It's just I, my brain can't accept not helping other people because I believe that that is my purpose on earth. You know, why the hell would I just be born to just live here, work all day, come home and dull out my mind with TV, you know, have children procreate and and die that to me that is not a purpose you know that's just what people do and i don't i think people get so caught up and lost in things that they forget that they have power they have energy and they emit that and they emit negativity they admit positivity so literally just you going out and learning and creating a positive state of mind and people know and are drawn to you i mean I think I'm a fairly good example of that. Like, it seems like people do typically come to me for advice or, you know, for help or, or whatever, you know, because I do try to stay positive. I mean, obviously I have my bad days just like anyone else does, but then I have my positive people that I go to, you know, and whatever. So, um, but yeah, so I do think that people definitely have an energy and a frequency and I I just have to wonder if it, you know, if it was this guy going there with such a belief that he was going to be cured that he essentially kind of cured himself with thinking that way or if he went there and it cured him you know because it is a location of yeah power or or it's got its own energy that is able to do something like that you know yeah that's possible it'd be definitely something i'd like to look into a little more after um looking at this case, I think I do want to look into just that location and you more should, of the stories in should. general. Cause I did look up some of the other stories, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, you should. And anyone listening right now should just look up the history and the geological and astrological significance of, 
London, Washington, D.C., and Rome, where the Vatican is located. Because it's quite fascinating, which I never knew any of that information. I know some of it. I actually know a lot about more about the th- thing that you're talking about, the constellations and like the grids in the air or whatever. Yeah. With the pyramids. I know a lot more about that and about the ancient stuff versus the now stuff. Yeah, that's why, you know, Washington, concept, D.C., yeah. London, and the Vatican are not officially a part of their countries that they're in. Mm-hmm. Like, D.C. is not a state. It's te- technically not a part of the U.S., mm-hmm. technically. Same with London and the Vatican. Uh, so that's why I think, like, with this um, church where this guy went, the Marian Shrine, Our Lady of Marian Shrine, uh, I think that the Catholics and uh, lots of people in secret societies and high levels of uh, the government or what, what what have you, that they know about all this information, and that's why they're the the those places are where they are because they've known you know it's like a like the old times before writing. Everything was carried down through word of mouth, through oral mm-hmm. traditions like the Native Americans. You know, that's why the history of their people survived to this day. And I think that like with the Catholics and uh, secret societies and like the Freemasons and uh, stuff like that, that all that knowledge has been passed down to this current day. But we just don't know anything about it because we're not a part of those organizations. And the only people that do know are high levels in those organizations, which that's why they safeguard those areas so heavily, because they don't want everyone to know. They don't want everyone to know that we have the power and the they don't want everyone to go to the next level of consciousness, because as soon as you go to the next level of consciousness, you start to realize that wait, I don't need all of this nonsense. And this is this is not the right way. Right. Which causes you to do things that they, meaning the government or whatever institutions, you know, they want control and they want total power forever mm-hmm. <laughs> since the begin- dawning, dawn of time. And they want to keep us in a low frequency in a state of fear and panic Okay, but if that was the case, then why are they healing people? Well, that's what I mean. Like, each person has that power. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I just guess I don't understand, like, if that's, you know, the bishop or whatever, if that's what he thinks and believes and whatever, like, why not not cure them if, if they want us to be doomed and not think have that higher power because like he you know the bishop performed the sacrament of the sick on jp Mm -hmm. he experiences this enlightenment and this new way of whatever right so essentially the bishop helped him Mm -hmm. to do that yes so if they didn't want people to go to higher levels of consciousness why why do that and help them through that well that bishop i mean he's a low level also You know, he's just doing his job like a bishop is just doing their job. You know, they're way at the bottom level compared to where the top 
level is he would not know anything other than what the Bible has taught him or what he's gone through to get to his level as a bishop. Mm. You know, he's not. Uh, so you're saying that he's not part of that? No, he's not. He's not part of that. He's just obviously most preachers, bishops, religious people are doing the positive to help humanity. But I think there's some at the top that actually know the reality of what's going on with uh, energy and, uh, and other dimensions and they keep that information hidden to um, keep us in a low state of fear to control us and um, uh, feed off of our energy you know because obviously if you manifest a shitload of negative energy throughout the earth um, and you're you are evil Mm-hmm. you're you're getting lifted up by that energy you're feeding off yeah, of that you, energy like, you know you, what i mean you would enjoy that yeah i guess because you know? like i'm a very empathetic person empathic person however i mean people like to say it um but i'm a very empathetic person and if i'm around someone who's really negative and so even if i'm having a great day it, if someone around me is really negative, like I soak that energy up so bad and then I'm Which negative. Which makes you feel bad. And makes me feel awful. And then I literally have to, to sit there and like reprocess and like get that shit out of me because it, it drives me nuts. And like I literally have apologized to my kids about this for, before for being around someone negative and then, you know, going from being fine before being around that person to being cranky. And then I'll be yelling at the kids. I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm sorry, this is not you. This is my issue. I just need to get their, you know, toxicity, like, out of me. And I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but I definitely struggle with that. And sometimes I'll be around certain people who I just know are negative or they just rub me the wrong way. And I literally, like, go into it, like, thinking, like, please just let me deflect it today because I don't want to soak up their bad energy. You know, like, I, I hate that. But I'm the same way with really positive people, too. If I'm around someone who's really happy and really positive, then I get that way as well. So it's not just negative people, no. but I kind of understand what you're saying. You know, like that's why you know, I think like that... bad people thrive and enjoy making other people feel like shit. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I think that the people that are at the high levels of like the Catholic Church and all these other institutions, Freemasonry. All the institutions that we don't know about, the Club of Rome, mm-hmm. they know all this information and they are actually evil beings, possibly from another dimension. And they feed off of this energy. Like a sadist, you know, yeah. a sadist wants to inflict pain on someone else for their own. Yeah, because pleasure. they enjoy it. They enjoy that, yeah. You know, so I think that's why they do that, which is why the majority, that's why I think like this guy. Jean-Pierre, you know, it takes a long time and some people never experience it to get to a higher level of thinking in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I spent many, many years of my whole life in a negative, downward, uh, depressive spiral. Um, And it took me many years to get, get out of it. And now that I have gotten out of it, uh, obviously, I'm not, you know, every, I'm getting better each day as, as best I can. Mm-hmm. But I can't look back 
like I can't do or see things the same way I saw them before because throughout because now you've seen the other side of the coin you've you've you know yeah like I can't and it's it's almost pointless not pointless but it's you can't even explain this to someone who's still in that zone right because they aren't there yet and it takes longer for others and some some people never achieve it their whole life it might be up, up for them to achieve in the next lifetime. Right. Well, and like I was telling you, you know, not that long ago, like, I don't know how long ago it was, a couple weeks ago or something, but, um, like, for me, it just kind of hit me, you know, like, the way I thought, because I struggled with anxiety really, really badly to the point where, like, I wasn't, I wasn't even wanting to leave the house. And then I got cancer. And once I got cancer, it was, obviously, that was horrible and depressive and whatever, but then... I had all this time on my hands to like think because I was home alone a lot or, you know, doing treatments and stuff. A lot of time to think on my hands. And I literally just finally like broke down like as hard as I fucking could and just grieved all of it out, you know, because I came from a family where you didn't talk about your feelings or your emotions or any of that stuff. If you had an issue, you bottled it up and you moved along. You didn't talk about it. So, you know, I spent my whole life, like, never crying, never complaining about anything, never whatever. And I literally just grieved everything, every thought, every feeling I could have. And once I fell all the way down and felt it all, and I couldn't cry anymore, it was like, oh, it's like I had an epiphany. It was just like, oh, well, that's all this is. And now, I don't know, I don't have everyday anxiety anymore like I do still get anxiety time to time but situationally before it was like every day all day all the time all night you know and now I just I don't think the same way so it's kind of the same thing like I don't now that I'm on this side of the coin and know what it's like to not have anxiety and how I can think like you would process it when I do get it you know yeah like you always used to tell me like, how could I just say, like, just don't worry about it? Yeah. Because that's what I, I would always say. Because like, I worried about what, everything. What are you worrying about? It's pointless. I mean, it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. If it hasn't happened yet, then there's no need to worry because you can't do anything about it. Right. So no, don't worry about it. It, it hasn't happened. No one knows what the future is going to bring. Right. So just go with the flow. Do your best each day. Yeah, I was literally astonished because I could you know, not think that you way. You never were, were, you'd always be like, I can't do that. It's impossible. Yeah. And for me, it's like, what do you mean? That's the only way that makes sense to me. Right. You know, because I don't have that problem. Exactly. And now, now that I'm on the other side of the coin, now I understand that and I know how to, I mean, I still struggle with it sometimes, but I know how to like process it and get through my hard times you know now but now they're times they're not all the time yeah you know what it's I mean? just a, a time that's happening uh, and it will go away and then you'll uh, time keeps <laughs> unfolding <laughs> regardless well right uh and i think you know some people th- that's why the majority of people that you meet at least you know i don't know maybe it's different in other places but I know for me personally, the majority of the people that I meet and come in contact with contact with on a daily basis, I would say are kind of stuck in a negative loop loop yeah. of uh, just 
you know they're they're plugged into this whole paradigm and i i am not plugged into that paradigm at all i'm i'm completely dis removed from that way of thinking of whatever the normal way of thinking is mm -hmm. i am not a part of that so to me it's hard for me to interact or be around that because to me it doesn't make any sense and i don't have any fear of it like i'm right. not scared of what's going to happen or what people might think about me or this mm -hmm. or that because it's pointless and everything is going to work out the right way yeah. so there's no need to be in fear or to uh be negative or down or whatever because it's pointless well and like i said realistically it's all about just learning and growing and and changing your frequency into a positive and whatever and it doesn't seem like many people even bother to try and it's kind of sad but you know recently since 2020 um more and more and more and more people are are shifting to this level and i think within the next five years or sooner um we're gonna have a drastic change of society you think we'll be able to cure ourselves in five years we should be able to cure ourselves now i mean it's I know, but I'm saying the majority of people as a collective. Majority, people. no. No, you still don't think so. No, probably not majority, no. But I think, um, well, I think we're almost close to a critical mass of people, um, waking up to the reality of life, and it's only a matter of time. You know, the, the mainstream media and society and peer groups and whatever can try to keep you into a fear-based worldview hey this is this this talk here is for your podcast we've gotten quite off topic well i know but it it's it, it's all that's what that's what you know conspiracies um always lead to spiritual every, every conspiracy well, i've ever l looked into i think leads that's just I towards think, spirituality well that's the thing i think conspiracy theorists is just the title they come up with for the people who are right to make them look crazy i think that's all that honestly right it it, 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 they just want they they or, can't or like hippie or when people are like oh it's just hippie mumbo jumbo blah 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 spirituality spirituality is not hippie mumbo jumbo like you can do a lot with it and i think people forget that and whatever but yeah i think that is just like the government's way of or whoever's way of shutting shit down you know isn't just oh they're conspiracy theorists they're crazy whatever that's just the name for people who are actually right about something but they want all the people who don't actually put effort into themselves or into the universe and spirituality and whatever. And that's just the to make them think that we're crazy, basically. That's what I yeah, think. I mean, everything has to be demonized so that you don't look at the real truth. I mean, anyone, if they wanted to right now, could look into almost any subject they wanted to on the Internet, find out the re reality mm -hmm. of the situation, but because of your programming that you've had throughout your whole life you want to shun that information away because it, it um collides with your own belief system so whenever your belief system is questioned you go into the defensive which causes you to not believe what you're hearing or saying people only care about mountain dew and hot flaming cheetos mac and cheese mac and cheese <laughs> that's it <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this up because we've gotten a little bit off topic. But 
I thought it was interesting. Um, so if you also found it interesting, you can check it out for yourself. It's Lourdes, L-O-U-R-D-E-S, France. It's a population of 17,000 people. And obviously there's people from all over the world coming here and visiting here because they believe in the visiting power. Visiting there. Visiting there. Yes, I am not there, obviously. Um, visiting there because they hold the belief that this place is kind of a, um, place of healing and, and being, it can cure you, I guess. So, um, so yeah, if you feel like checking it out, go for it. Um, I will post pictures of Jean-Pierre Belay or Billy or however you say his name. I'll post that on the Instagram along with the Shrine of Our Lady, um, in Lourdes, France there. And if you feel like you have a miracle of your own that you would either like to come on to our podcast and talk to us about, or you can just type it out in an email to us at dtdimension at protonmail.com. Feel free and I will read it um, on one of our Monday episodes. So Yeah, uh, find us on doublethoughtdimension.com. Our podcast can be found at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically any podcast thing. You can find it that way. Just go to the website if you feel like you've received any uh, value from this uh, feel free to donate on doublethoughtdimension.com uh, the Instagram why don't you just say what the Instagram is yep, so the Instagram is dt underscore miracle monday dt underscore miracle monday that's how you can find us um, on Instagram and yeah we're, we're going to wrap it up and we'll see you next week talk to you next week alright and also we'd like to thank uh, Chelsea because she is our Number one listener. Possibly our number our... one fan. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. Possibly only listener, but she's out there. Hell yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, everyone. Do you want to get inspired? I want to get inspired. Let's everybody just get inspired. Miracle, Miracle Monday. Monday.